message, I just want to share with you about the Bountiful Offering, where we are with that and what's taking place. Um, we, at the, the Kingdom House, which is located in this back corner of this lot right here, right behind us, the garage apartment has been remodeled on the inside, uh, put a new roof on it, the outside still just has to be uh, really painted. Um, now we are going to start work on the outside of that, uh, or on the outside of the big house, as well as the inside. We are now engaging contractors for heating and air, uh, plumbing, construction work, painting, and we're going to begin to start transforming that building. So I believe that as we step through this, I believe that we will have enough funds available to finish that thing. How many of you know we want to get it done and christen that baby and get it going into the ministry of what God wants to do with that? But it's a home for single unwed mothers... And we can be able to house three different mothers with children, smaller children, infants. And the, our goal is to be able to take them out of a situation if it's, um, if it's an abusive situation and be able to bring them in and teach them kingdom principles. Life issues, financial issues, parenting issues, all these different things is, uh, through the Word of God, biblical principles, in order for them to be able to be self-sufficient and self-sustaining depending on the Lord. And also, our goal is to be able to get to the point where if somebody comes in for, say, 18 to 24 months, and then it's time to transition them out, that we'll be able to be able to finance or have the funds to be able to say, here is, say, $2,000 for deposits for to your first month's rent for them to be able to be transitioned in. Because how many of you know that God wants and, and he wants to release those that are oppressed of the devil? Amen? So let's give the Lord some praise for that. So that's, that's where we are on the vision on the kingdom house. Things are continuing. We're very in its very infancy stages with the youth center. There's some things that are on the horizon there that we're really excited about. Continue to pray. I also want um, I want to thank you very much for those of you that have sown the seeds in the bountiful offering. Continue to make your commitments that you've made to the Lord, and we're just going to see some tremendous things come from that. That's kingdom living, and we've been talking about the kingdom. Jesus said in in, in I think it's Luke. 4, 17 and 18, that he came to set the captives free. All those that were bound and oppressed by the devil. And that is kingdom living also. So I'm telling you, today is going to be a great day. So if you got your Bibles, let's just get right into it. Genesis chapter 1. I want to look at verse... <laughs> They're like, when are you going to open up and get us another verse? We'll get you another one. Genesis chapter 1. Let's look at verses 26, 27 and 28. I guess I need to turn there. God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over, that's dominion, say dominion, dominion. rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and over the cattle and all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Do you see heaven in that verse? Do you see worship in that verse? Do you? God's given us dominion over what? Over the earth. Over the things that crawl upon the earth, that creep upon the earth. Let's look at verse 27. God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created him male and female. He created them. 
Verse 28, God blessed them. Turn to your neighbor and say, God bless you. Turn to your other neighbor and say, God bless you. God, God blessed them, and he's blessing you. He wants to bless you. God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. How many of you know that's a kingdom scripture? To subdue it. And rule over, that's dominion, the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, over every living thing that moves on the earth. I want to bring some, listen to me, look at me a moment. I want to bring some very clear understanding. God has given us dominion over the earth, the atmosphere, those things in the earth. But he says we're not to dominate one another. That doesn't mean you get to go slap around your wife or slap around your husband and act like you're taking dominion. He does not say, did you see anywhere in those verses, of humans. I want to make that real clear. Because I don't want the enemy to tell you when you walk out of here, it's okay if you beat your wife or if you beat your husband. Can I get an amen? amen? And you might think, well, why are we addressing that? I'll tell you why we're addressing that. Because there are even cultures. When I was in Africa, the African culture, it is not unusual for the husband to beat the wife. And for her to expect it. But not here. Not in the kingdom culture, amen? Not in the kingdom culture. So I wanted us to look at that. Because we're to have dominion. Say dominion. I want Marty to put up the word dominion. If you'll put that word up, dominion. Dominion, many of you got this in your notes. Dominion literally means to govern. Say to govern. And say to control. Can you go ahead and click on that, Marty? To govern, to control, to rule, to master or manage, then to master and to lead. You see that? To govern, to control, to rule. You're to take dominion. You're to have dominion over those situations and circumstances that come up against you. You're to be able to manage them. You're to be able to master them. You're to be able to rule over it. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's you. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, that's you. That's a good thing, because you're created that way. You're created to govern. You're created to control. You're created to rule. You're created to, to, to master. You're created to manage, and you're created to lead. That's you. If you want to take a picture of yourself, that's it. That's what you're created to do. That's why we know that inherently there's things within us that want to govern, that want to rule, that want to master, that want to do these things. It's built within us. See, God only takes what God designs you to do. He put what he designs you to do in it. Let me give you an example. God created birds to what? Fly? What did he put in the bird? Flight. Are you with me? God created fish to swim. What did he put in the fish? The ability to, to swim underwater, breathe underwater. Come on, somebody. So he's put this ability in you. That's in you because he's created you for that. Can I get an amen? So if you want to look at who you are, that's who you are. Turn to your neighbor and tell him this. Say, neighbor, you ought to be blessed just to sit by me. Come on, tell your neighbors that, neighbor, you ought to be blessed just to sit by me. Because if you knew who I really am, you would want to sit by me. 
Let's give the Lord some praise. Amen? I mean, we got, you got to realize that. There's something inside you. There's something there, and God wants us to be able to operate in that. The kingdom is not earth. The kingdom is executing the ruler on the domain. The kingdom is not a physical planet, but it's carrying out dominion on this planet. The kingdom, say kingdom. It means kingdom, kingdom. King means rulership. Dumb, kingdom means domain. Kingdom, king's rulership. Rulership, domain. That's the kingdom of God in the earth. We begin to look at this. It's dominion in the earth. You are God's property. Let me say it that way. You're God's property. Who, who you belong to, I belong to God. You don't have to worry about who I belong to. That's who I belong to. People should know that you belong to God. You're God's property. What does domain mean? Domain simply means territory. It's the territory, and God wants his territory. He gave you territory. Did you know that? He gave you territory. Turn with me to Psalms, and let's look at uh, Psalms 115. Is it okay if we get to the Word? Psalms 115. This is a great psalm. You get an opportunity, read through it. I just want to point out some scriptures in it. Verse 14. I love this. May the Lord give you increase. That's dominion. Is it just for you and just for you alone? What's it say? You and your... Your chillings. <laughs> That's what they used to say in North Carolina. You'll be chillings. You'll get my chillings. And I'll meet you at the grocery store. Get my chillings. You and your children. Not just for you. He wants to increase you, yes, but he also wants to increase you and your children. Verse 15. May you be blessed of the Lord. Turn to somebody and tell them that. May you be blessed of the Lord. May you be blessed of the Lord, maker of heaven and an earth. Look at verse 16. The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he has given to sons of men. That's you. That's you. The heavens are the heavens. They belong to the Lord. We know that, you know, Psalms also tells us the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all who dwell therein. But if the heavens are where God resides, the earth is where you reside. Are you with me? Then he's given you the earth. He's given you the territory. He's given you the domain and the earth. And that's what we're going to continue to look at. We're going to continue to look at that. Heaven's God's territory. Your territory is the earth. You were created to dominate earth. Say, I was born to dominate earth. Not to let earth dominate you, but you were born to dominate earth. Say it again. Say, I was born to dominate earth. Come on, say it like you mean it. I was born to dominate earth. He's got it. Come on, somebody. You were born to dominate earth. Dominate those situations. Dominate those circumstances. Dominate, rule over, govern, manage, lead. You're chosen. You're chosen to dominate. You're chosen to dominate. Not humans, not each other. The Bible tells us to submit to one another. The territory that you're to, to dominate is, is earth. 
That's why going to heaven is just a temporary excursion for the human spirit. It's temporary because we're going to come back to earth. That's what the Bible tells us, right? Because we're going to come back here if you've got to recreate it. Kingdom is dominion that is influenced by the king. Kingdom is dominion that is influenced by the king. That's really all it is. But there's a lot of us, as we read the Scriptures, and I know there's been some confusion, is because we'll read the Scriptures and we'll see the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and we've talked a little bit about that. I want to share with you about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, and I want to share with you what Miles Monroe said this about it. See, God's goal is the kingdom of God on the earth. The kingdom of God on the earth. He can rule and reign in heaven. How many many of y'all know that? He wants to rule and reign on the earth. And he wants you to do it. He wants to use you to do it. This is what Miles said. He says, whenever he uses the kingdom of God, he's referring to headquarters. It's referring to the actual influence and impact of God himself. When he's talking about the kingdom of heaven, it's the impact on the earth. He's talking about the transfer of power. So when he says, you know, the kingdom of God is like a man that finds a treasure in a field and and, and he goes and he gives this parable about that, he began to explain those parables to them. He says the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are basically the same, but one of them is referring to the actual rulership of God and the other is referring to the transfer of that rulership to a territory. The kingdom of God is under God's rulership with the heart and the spirit of man. And the kingdom of heaven is when it impacts the man's environment. So we can take the kingdom of God to work in the morning and influence the whole place for the kingdom of heaven. That's what he said. But see, we have to realize and understand that we have another force that we fight against. And we talk a little bit about it, and, and we've, we've talked about it. Biblically, you can look up and see if there, it says the kingdom of darkness, and it does not. You're not going to find that in the Bible. But you will find the spirit of it. You will be able to find exactly what you will find was the prince and the power of the air, right, of the world, has the minds blinded of the unbelievers. He blinds their minds. And that's in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. You know, what is the kingdom of darkness? See, Satan's rule is the kingdom of darkness. Darkness is this. Darkness is literally absence of light. It's the absence of light. Why don't you do me a favor and turn all the lights off in here? Except for the screens. I know it'll take a little bit to power them down. There's absence of light. Now get ready and we'll turn them all back on. Think about that. Go ahead and turn them all back on. Now, all of a sudden, the kingdom of light begins to advance. You walk in work and you change situations. You change the atmosphere. What happens is all of a sudden, things begin to illuminate. Things begin to change. All of a sudden, you're bringing in the kingdom of light. Because that's darkness. Darkness is darkness is absence of light. You know what darkness is also? Absence of knowledge. It's absence of knowledge. That word in the Greek literally means absence of knowledge, absence of light. The same word in the Hebrew literally means ignorance. Not stupid, but not knowing. The Bible even tells us that we're ignorant of the enemy's schemes and devices, or you're not ignorant of the enemy's schemes and devices. I'm not ignorant of them. 
I see him and see how he's operating. So we've got these two kingdoms that are, that are diabolically opposed to one another. You operate in the kingdom of light or you operate in the kingdom of dark. You're operating in the kingdom of light or you're operating in the kingdom of dark. See, Satan's greatest power is what you don't know. So one of his greatest powers is what you don't know. See, what you don't know is where he gets his strength from. That's why it's important for us to gather together like we are this morning. That's why it's important for us to gather together on Wednesdays. Every time we open the doors in this place, I want to be here. I want to be taking classes. I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to be able to advance the kingdom of light because it's the only thing that's going to destroy the kingdom of dark is the kingdom of light. There's two kingdoms diabolically opposed against one another. There is two structures. The kingdom of dark has a structure. And the only thing that can tear that structure down is operating in the kingdom of God. Bible studies aren't going to tear that kingdom down. They're good, don't get me wrong. But a Bible study in and of itself is not going to tear the kingdom down, the kingdom of dark down. Are you with me? It's good. We want it. We want you to read the Word. Getting together, fellowshipping, having steak, baked potatoes and salad, that's not going to tear the structure of the dark kingdom down. When you operate in the kingdom of light, when you get a revelation of who you are, that you're a son of God, that you're a citizen in the kingdom, that you are an ambassador, you can do damage to the kingdom of dark. You can do damage to the kingdom of dark. We learn and I grow by hearing the word. Somebody say the word. I grow by hearing the word. I want to be able to hear the Word. I want to read the Word. I want to study the Word. I want to get revelation from the Word. And how I many of you know we go from revelation to revelation to revelation? There's things that are shaped and changed and molded in us as we continue to grow in the Word of God. I think about these two different kingdoms and how Satan continues to get his strength. The first thing that Satan attacked in the Garden of Eden was what? Was their knowledge. Turn with me to Genesis. Let's look at Genesis Chapter 3. Are you ready for this? He attacked Adam and Eve's knowledge. Do you want to hear this? Genesis chapter 3. The first thing that God gave them was information to protect them and keep them from harm. Genesis chapter 3, the fall of man. Now Satan, or the serpent, was more craftier than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Has God said? Now, obviously, something was taking place here. There was a meeting between God and Eve. Adam was probably there. And guess who else was listening? Guess who else was eavesdropping on that conversation? How do I know? Because he is reminding Eve of the conversation she had with God. That's what it says. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said? In other words, did God inform you? Did God give you information? 
about the tree in the middle? For God knows. Oh, that's knowledge, isn't it? For God knows that the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. What did he attack in the garden? He attacked their knowledge. Did God say? God knows. He attacked their knowledge in the Garden of Eden. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was a delight to the eyes, and the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took the fruit and ate it, and she gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. Um, Adam, side note, was with Eve at that time. See, we blame Eve for it, but Adam was the one to govern and rule in the garden. And my Bible says, who was with her. He was with Eve in the garden. He was with her at the time the serpent was talking to her. But here's what I want you to focus on. Listen, look at me. Look at me. Just a minute. He was after the knowledge. Did God say? Did God really say? Are you sure God said that? God said, don't eat of that tree, didn't he? But you know why? Because he says, if you eat from that tree, you'll know. You'll have knowledge of good and evil. Knowledge. He was after that knowledge. Are you with me? So that's what the enemy comes. He comes when you're beginning to believe God for some things. He comes and he tries to change your knowledge. So there is, he attacks the knowledge that God has given you. Listen. He attacks that knowledge, and that knowledge is this. By your stripes, you are healed. But yet, there's, you can feel pain in your body. So you've got two information coming into the information bank. You've got healing, and you've got pain. Healing and pain. Y'all get this? There's two informations coming into your what? Your mind. And you either side with the healing, or you side with the pain. Right? Because the Bible tells me that by his stripes, I am healed. Say, I'm healed. So we know what the word of God says. We know what he says. I am healed. I am healed. I am healed. And I've got this other knowledge bank coming in saying, you're healed, but you still got pain. The enemy tries to attack what you know and the word that you know. I know the word and I'm going to stand on the word. Say, this is my word. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. This is God's Word. God said it. That settles it. So today, I open my mind. I open my heart to receive this Word. To be changed. Never to be the same. In Jesus' name. Think about that. It's the Word. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. He is after the word of God that is spoken. He's after the written word. He's after Jesus is the word. The word became flesh, came and dwelt among the men. John chapter 14, I think it is. Matthew, did I tell you Matthew chapter 13? Is it okay if we just get into this? Okay, we're going to do a responsive reading. Y'all ever been where you have a responsive reading and, you know, the, the, the pastor reads something and then the congregation reads something, right? Okay. I'm going to read the scriptures, and every time we hear the word, I want you to say word. 
All right? Uh, Matthew chapter 13, verse 18. I love to hear those pages turn. It's almost like angels' wings rustling and moving to bring you protection and provision. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the of the kingdom, ooh, and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away that has been sown in his heart. This is one whom the seed was sown beside the road. The one on whom the seed was sown in the rocky places, this is the man who hears the and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no firm root in himself, but is, all, uh, is only temporary. And when affliction and persecution arises because of the... Immediately he falls away. You guys are doing so good. You guys are doing great. And the one on whom the seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the... And the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the... And it becomes unfruitful. And, uh, and the one on whom the seed is sown in the good soil, this is the man who hears the and understands it and indeed bears fruit and brings forth some hundred, sixty, and some thirty. It's the Word. It's the Word. He's coming after the Word. The Word of God that is in you. The Word of God in which you know He's coming after that word. The kingdom of darkness is, is set up to destroy you. And it's set up to destroy light because the kingdom of light gives life. Life comes from the kingdom of light. Doesn't the Bible say that we should walk in the light as he is in the light? We need to be walking in the light. Light is knowledge. The kingdom of darkness gets its power from what you don't know. Satan hates the word. I don't, know, he, I don't know if you understand this. He hates the word. Because you know why? The word can constantly change darkness into light. Woo-hoo-hoo. The word can constantly change darkness into light. The word can shine on the dark places and bring it into light. Just like when we brought the lights down and brought it back on. All of a sudden we could now see. Couldn't see the people in the back row. But now I can see the people in the back row. The word of God is important. Luke eleven twenty eight 28 says, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. John seventeen seventeen says, Sanctify them in truth because your word is truth. How about Psalms 119? Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Satan hates the word. He does not want the word to be released. And you know what? He doesn't want you to hear the word. That's why it's very easy for some of you not to have come today, and some didn't, because he doesn't want you to hear the word. He would rather let you hear about this going on or that going on in the world because he doesn't want you to hear the word. Somebody say the word. He doesn't like the word. He hates the word. He despises the word because the word begin begin to tear down The kingdom of dark. See, we have excuses why we can't come to church. 
We have excuses why we can't take classes. We have excuses why we can't read the Word of God. We have excuses. It's real easy to stay in bed and, you know, and, and sleep and sleep in. You know, this is the only day I get to sleep in. But what you've got to realize is that when you hear the Word, it changes things. Isaiah, I think it's 55, 11, says the word will not go out from him and return, or will go out from him and not return to him void, but it will do what it's planned and purpose to do. It's about the word. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's about the word. Turn to your other neighbor and say, it's about the word. Satan doesn't want you to have the word. Until you meet God, you're in the darkness. You can go to the university and you can get a Ph.D. and a D.D. and an M.D. and a D.D. and all these other D's. But if you don't have God, you are got a lot of dark knowledge. A lot of dark knowledge. It's not illuminated. It's not coming with the things of God. Because you don't know God. I think you would probably be educated in darkness. Highly, darkly educated, I think I heard it said. <laughs> Highly, darkly educated. Because you've got to know God. And when you know God, then things begin to become light. See, the Word of God will transform you. It's the Word of God that will make a difference in your life. It's the Word of God when you get it in you, and the enemy comes against you with, with sickness and disease, that you can take the word and say, by his stripes I am healed. I am not giving in to fear. I'm not giving in to doubt. I'm not giving in to all these different things. Because why? The word will settle it. It's the word. He comes against that word. If, he, if, he can't, if you don't get the word on the kingdom, guess what? He's going to come against it. He's going to steal it. In fact, as soon as you leave today, he's liable to be sitting on the hood of your truck or car trying to steal the Word. It's the, it's the Word that he wants to steal. It's the Word that needs to go to infertile ground. It's the Word that needs to be able to produce a harvest. And it will produce a harvest. But he wants to take the Word from you. He wants to take the Word. He wants to steal the Word. He wants to take that word from you. Anyone who hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown into your heart. The Bible doesn't say that it's sown into your head. It's sown into your heart. Because it's with your heart heart that you believe and your mouth that you confess Jesus is Lord. And anybody confess Jesus is Lord in here? Amen. Say Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. <laughs> you try to steal the word. You don't let him steal this word. Don't let him steal this word. See, many people are getting the word on getting out of debt. He doesn't want you to get the word on that. You look up Romans 13, 8. It says to owe no man nothing but to love him. Praise the Lord. Amen. Wouldn't it be great to be able to see your banker and say, I love you, banker. I love you, Mr. Banker. I love you. And he'll say, where you been? I hadn't seen you in a few years. You're one of my best clients. I love you, Mr. Banker. You're an awesome man. Bless you, Mr. Banker. 
Isn't that nice? But how many of you, if you see your banker and you're late on your payment, will go up to your banker and go, I love you, Mr. Banker. <laughs> what happens is we go, oh, there's the banker. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, just tell them the truth, you know. Think about that. We've got to shift our thinking. We've got to shift the Word of God that's within us. Well, you know what? My father died in 1992. Well, it's a sad thing. It was a difficult time. But I had the Word to get me through. I, 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 I stood on the Word of God. Well, where did he go? Did he go to heaven or is he in hell? The Word tells me that he's in heaven. Because the week before he physically expired from this earth, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. And I don't believe it was just a head thing. I believe it was a heart thing. So I stand on the Word. That's what I stand on. It's the Word of God. When you read the Word, I'm telling you, it will bring light to situations. When you read the Word of God, it will destroy the mindsets that you have of darkness, the mindsets that you operate in the dark kingdom. When you read the Word of God and you get the Word of God in you, James says, faith without works is dead. Y'all weren't getting in the Word. Think about that. So you've got to take the Word and apply it to your life. If you don't take the Word and apply it to your life, it's just like me giving you a brand new automobile, giving you the keys, and you going and parking it in your driveway. How many of you want that? I wouldn't be mad. I, I would take that. Park it in my driveway, but then you could go, well, look at my car, man. Mario, you see my car? It's awesome, ain't it? It looks good, man. And then Mario, I see Mario the next day, and guess what I tell him? Mario, you see my car? Looks good, don't it? He's like, yeah, I see your car. It's a nice car, man. Take me for a ride in it. Oh, no. You're not riding in my car. I'm not even riding in my car. That's what it is when you get the word and you don't do anything with it. It's like having it there and not operating in it. Or some of us get in the car and say, wow, that's nice. Nice car. Turn on the air conditioner. It works really good. It's cool. It's a hot day. It's cool. But we never put it in drive. We never back out of the driveway. We never go down the street with it. Come on. It's all right to laugh. I love when joy comes in the house. Amen. But isn't that what it is like? How many of you would do that? If you had a new car in your driveway and we came over to visit you and you just, we just sat in your car. It's nice, yeah. You got a little controlled deal over there for you. Oh, I can control it. Wow, that's cool. That's pretty neat. I like to go somewhere. Are we going anywhere? Satan comes to steal the word because he doesn't want you to go anywhere. Oh, come on, somebody. You got to hear me today. He wants to take what you're learning. He wants to take so you don't grow any farther. He wants to take so he can hold you back. He wants to come and snatch this word from you because you know that it's landing on good, fertile soil and it's going to produce a harvest 30, 60, or 100-fold. It's the word. Say the word. Say it again. One more time. Turn to your neighbor and say, get the word. Turn to your other neighbor and say, get the word. 
What do you want for healing? You want healing? What do you want? What do you want for your marriage? You want something? Get the word on it. What do you want for your business? Get the word on it. What do you want? There's some things that we want that we desire that line up with God and we're not getting it because we're not getting the word of God on it. We got to get the word of God on it. It's the word that brings light. It's the word that'll bring you out of darkness. It's the word that'll break down that dark, demonic, lightless structure and bring and illuminate. It's the word of God. It's the lamp. It's the light is the sun Woo-hoo. that illuminates some stuff yeah. it's the word say the word. the word i love the word i love the word i'm thankful for the word of god it's the word of god that'll change you that'll shape you that'll mold you i had a process in my life where i tried to change myself it worked about a week anybody know what i'm talking about say amen, amen. it worked about a week but when I got the word on it, I said, that's it. That's it. It's the word of God. You better get into the word. You better know what's going on. You better know that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, that no man comes to the Father but by me, no matter what Oprah says. Hey, there's some issues. Oprah's promoting a religion. Oprah's got millions of people behind her. Promoting a religion. She's trying to preach another Jesus. Get the word on it. Get the word on it. We need to pray for Oprah. She's got influence on a lot of people. We need to pray for those people. Father, we just lift that situation up to you right now. God, that you will illuminate, Lord God, this dark structure, Lord God, we, we ask you just to begin to start bringing light to that. God, we're asking you to give, uh, give Oprah a, a, a visitation from you, God, like you did Paul and, and said, you know, why are you persecuting me? And just give her a Damascus Road experience, God, not to hurt her, not to harm her, but to bring her, Lord God, into the kingdom of God, out of that kingdom of dark and into the kingdom of God. And I just pray a blessing over her right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Everybody said amen. So it's the Word of God. We've seen in Matthew chapter 13 that it's the Word of God. The Word of God. The Word of God is being sown. The Word of God is being sown in your heart. The Word of God will shape and change and transform and mold you. Romans. Let's, I don't have this, but let me just go there real quick. Romans chapter 12. Let's look at verse 1. I don't want to be like those preachers that say this is the last scripture and then they lie. This is not the last scripture. You know how that... I'm I'm closing. You've been closing three times. Well, maybe there needs to be integrity there. So I'm not telling you I'm closing till I close. Did I tell you chapter 12, verse 1? Did she get up there? I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed, but be, be conformed by the things of this world, but what? Be transformed by the renewing of your... Why is Paul dealing with this? Paul is dealing with this because he knows how Satan operates just like he did in the garden and he comes against knowledge. 
Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you can establish what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Is that what it says? Your version might be a little bit different, but it's the same intent. God wants us to renew our mind to the word of God. I love the word, man. I love the word. There's times where I don't want to sit down and even open the Bible and read it. Can I tell you that? Hey, I'm human, man. You've had the times too. Sometimes that Bible's sitting there and that Bible going, I got something for you. You're like, not today. Look, I'm real, guys. I'm not going to sit up here and tell you. There's times. There's times where I've struggled or I've got my mind on something else or I'm doing something else or whatever, and I'm thinking, man, I need to get in there and I need to really dig in because there's something I've got to find out there. And, and I'm hesitant to do it, but then when I do, it's awesome. I get in there and I'm like, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow, mm, that's good, oh, wow, oh, that's good there, oh, that's good there. And you, I can do word studies and I can look at it and tear it upside down, inside out, bring it in, bring it out, and do all these other different things with the word. And what happens is it begins to illuminate some of the dark things within me. Jim Holman, Pastor Jim Holman in Liberal, Kansas, has got a big banner in his, in his church. It says, let God be God. Let the word be the word. Let it illuminate inside you. The Bible tells me I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nothing is impossible with God. That's the word. Well, you don't know my situation looks pretty grim right now. Well, you better change the way you look at it and get the word on it. That's good. We want to get the word on it. Say the word. What are we going to do this next year, this, this year that we're in right now? We're coming into a new place, a new identity. How are we going to find who we really are without the word? It's not going to happen. I want to encourage you to every time we open the doors to come and hear the word. Why? Because it will illuminate something in you. It will tear down that dark structure. Wednesday nights, we've been, we, we've been looking at Wednesday nights and we've been bringing some tremendous teaching on Wednesday nights. But there's some of us that just can't make it for whatever reason. Sometimes I know it's ball games or kids going here and there and dancing and all this other stuff. I understand there's some things there. But I want to be here. I'm here on Wednesday nights even when I'm not teaching. I'm here on Wednesday nights. If I'm in town, I'm here. Come on. Because I want to hear the word. Because I want something to change within me. This Wednesday night when Dr. Scott Keir is coming, I'm telling you, there is a kingdom economic principles in the Word, and that's what we've got to start operating them by. I think the Bible tells me that heaven and earth will pass away, but the Word of God shall remain. It's the Word. It's the Word. It's the Word. Some people say, where you go? And you tell them, living Word, and they go, ooh. That's a weird church. <laughs> that brother heard it before you first came here. Well, now you know firsthand, brother. I want you to understand this. This is named living. Because we're going to teach the word and not a doctrine. I don't have it all figured out. And guess what? You don't either. 
And neither do any of the denominations or other non-denominations or other places. They don't have it all figured out. We don't have it all figured out. But I know I'm growing. How about you? I want you to grow with us. I want you to grow with us. I want you to get the word on it. I want, when we talk about prayer, I want you to pray for one another. Get the word on it. Well, stand to your feet this morning.